Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. As the year winds down, we are joined today by two men who have quite a bit in common, more than you might think. Aiden Hutchinson, the outstanding young defensive end from the University of Michigan, who figures to be potentially the number one overall pick in the draft in April, coming off an outstanding season at the University of Michigan. And he will join us to talk about what has been and what is ahead. And then we'll be joined by a man who basically walked down the path that Aiden Hutchinson did only in Columbus, Ohio. Nick Bosa, the outstanding young defensive end for the San Francisco 49ers, who wound up being the second overall pick in 2019 and something of a role model for Aiden Hutchinson himself. Both of those two young defensive ends will join us and they are excellent conversations, I believe. Now, Aiden Hutchinson has a real chance to go number one because this is a draft that does not have an obvious top 10 quarterback pick. Quarterbacks have gone number one overall in six of the past seven drafts. But this might be the first time since 2013 that we don't even see a quarterback go in the top 10 picks. Last time that happened was 2013 when E.J. Manuel was the first quarterback taken at number 16 overall. And Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a top pick. He's either going to go number one, two, three, right there, maybe number one. And Detroit would make a lot of sense for a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. This is a team right now that's in the bottom five in yards allowed per play, points allowed per game, sacks. They haven't generated a lot of pressure. And yes, the Lions need a quarterback, but there isn't an obvious quarterback to draft this year. So that points to a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. And who is the Lions head coach? Dan Campbell. What is he about? Energy. What does Aiden Hutchinson do more than anything else? The guy brings his lunch pail. He goes to work. High motor, high energy. He just fits like a Detroit Lion. And we will talk to Aiden Hutchinson about the idea of him going to the Detroit Lions at number one. The other thing about the Lions is they could use a wide receiver. They could use a cornerback. But like it is at quarterback, there are no obvious wide receiver or cornerback candidates to go maybe that high in the draft, number one, which again brings us back to Aiden Hutchinson, the man who joined us recently to sit down for this conversation. Aiden, what's going on? How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. How you doing? First of all, thank you very much for taking the time. It's an oh, honor. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you got to hear the story. Let's hear it. So I'm taking my son to school as a freshman at the University of Michigan. Okay. Checking him into West Quad Dorm. Four okay. years ago, in August, I guess it would have been August of 2018. Yeah. Okay. I'm at the front desk checking him in. I'm checking him in next to a mother who's checking her son into West Quad at that <laughs> time. A woman by the name of Melissa Hutchinson. Do you happen to know her? I, I do happen to know her. <laughs> and you did live in West Quad freshman year, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. She was taking you in. I was taking my son in. You were in my son's dorm freshman year at West Quad. And I never would have imagined at that time that these young kids moving into West Quad would go on to have the type of career that you've had to lead our school 
to the great heights that it has reached this year <laughs> to now have the chance to win a national championship. So on behalf of all Wolverine fans, we thank you for all that you've done. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's, that's a great compliment. And uh, I appreciate that. Uh, does your son graduate uh, this year or what? Yeah. And, and in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because his graduation, I just found out recently is Thursday, April 28th. When is yours? <laughs> oh, is it the spring graduation? Yes, it is. That they walk. Is that the day of the draft? That is the day of the draft, Dayton. So I guess I can't do graduation. I, <laughs> my plan was to do it in the spring. I never knew what exact day it was. So listen, I have the same dilemma that you do. If we had time machines, we could transport. Now, what's your major? I'm majoring in uh, kinesiology. See, I don't know exactly when that ceremony will happen. Okay, so it might be a different day. Right. When I graduated Michigan, it was one free-for-all ceremony Saturday right. morning in the big house, 9 or 10 a.m. Right. Everybody graduated. But it got so out of control, it was so impersonal that the school decided to have two ceremonies, one for each individual major on Thursday or Friday, and then another big ceremony on Saturday. Okay. So when I called my son's economics department, I called the economics department for my son to ask when graduation was be. I was hoping, praying, fingers crossed, <laughs> Friday, right? I would go to the draft in Vegas Thursday night, Yeah. fly out red-eyed to Ann Arbor. They said, oh, econ? He's an econ major? Yes. Thursday night, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. I said, okay. <laughs> so what will you do? So if you have the same dilemma, will you stay behind for graduation or will you now go to the draft? Absolutely not. I'm going to the draft. <laughs> You're going to the draft. Hell yeah. Can't miss out on that uh, experience. So you're going to have to let me know what it's like there, because I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I will. I will. I'll let you know what it's like. You have fun back in Ann Arbor. Okay. I'll be in, I'll be in Vegas, <laughs> you know, at the draft, having fun. So I'm going to be in Ann Arbor for your graduation, and you're going to be in draft. You're going to be in Vegas for the NFL draft when yeah. I've done 31 straight NFL drafts. <laughs> now, now, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you also. When I went to graduate school at Northwestern, I got an internship in Seattle for a newspaper out there, the Seattle Post Intelligencer. And when I asked them when it started, I'm giving you the rough dates, right? They said, right. oh, you have to be out here June 27th. And my graduation was June 28th. So I said, well, I'll be out there June 27th. Yeah. So I went out to Seattle early. I missed my graduation in graduate school from journalism school. Yeah. And to this day, it bums me out. What's up with you and and graduation days? And it, you must got something going on with that now. It's coming back to haunt you. It's it's a weird deal. And so we well, this one will be the first time in 31 years that I've missed the NFL draft. Okay. I've okay. never missed the NFL. And I can't believe that Michigan may have the first number one overall pick since Jake Long. Right. Jake right. Long. And you're missing it? And I can't be there to support you, my friend. I can't be there. I'm sorry. It sucks. I would love to have you there watching that. But, you know, if not, I know you got obligations with the kids. So, you know, go enjoy Ann Arbor. When you checked into that dorm, that West Quad dorm, that August with your mom, and I don't think your dad was there. We got to give him some grief about that. When you checked in that day, did you have any idea that you would be in the position that you're in today? <sighs> You know, it, it was something that I was probably dreaming of at night, <laughs> but um, never something that um, 
you know, I, I really thought would come true and, and, you know, I beating Ohio state and, you know, being a Heisman finalist and all this stuff. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, um, to answer your question, no, I dreamed of it, but <laughs> no, I did not, you know, realize or, you know, see this coming. This has been beyond your dreams, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And when did you know that it was going to a level that was going to be beyond your dreams? When did you realize that was happening? It, it was kind of a, uh, a gradual thing happening this year. Um, you know, I was having a good season, but, you know, towards the end of the season was really when I started hitting my peak with production and, and all that stuff. And that's when all the hype came in with the Heisman stuff. And then that's when, um, you know, we lost to Michigan State in the middle of the season. So the buzz went down for Michigan. But then we started winning again and the buzz started going back up. And then when we beat Ohio State, that was like, um, you know, the, the, the top of the buzz. And then, you know, we just went on to, to win that Big Ten championship. So it was like a very gradual um, increase of, of buzz. And uh, it was it was it was like a, a storm that was coming and it was just getting bigger and bigger. and It was great. Do you have any grasp, and I don't know if you can, do you have any grasp of what your play and this team's play means to Michigan football fans, not only now, but will mean to them in years to come? I don't think I ever will because I, I can only meet so many of them, but I know how many people are out there that are, you know, just so um, affected by, you know, our win against Ohio state. I mean, I saw some video on, on social media of this dude crying saying, this, this means a lot. And so I, I, I see that guy. I'm like, I mean, there must be a lot of other people out there who feel the same way. So I don't think I'll ever be able to grasp or, or see the impact of, you know, what we've done this season. Let me explain something to you again. We're going to bring it back to my son. Once again, my senior year of Michigan, Michigan won the national championship in basketball and my college buddies and I went to the sweet 16 and we went to the final in sweet 16 in Lexington. We went to the final four in Seattle to this day. I can tell you about every player on that team, what they meant to our college experience and how much joy and happiness they brought us. And so yeah. now my son, who's a senior yeah. at Michigan and my senior year, Michigan won the national championship in basketball and his senior year, the school is vying, vying, we'll say at this point, to win the national championship in football. There would be some connection there, some karma, some symbolism in yeah. having him win it. And all I could tell you is he may think of Aiden Hutchinson the same way that I think of Ramil Robinson and Terry Mills and Glenn Rice. Right. That's so cool. That's so freaking cool. And, you know, hopefully we can get this done, you know, so he can say that. And, um, you know, that'd be cool. And and again, I, even last week, as I'm watching you guys get ready for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, another one of our college friends gets on the phone with me. He was at the Michigan-Ohio State game, flew in, and he said to me, and this will give you an idea of what I'm talking about, that the Michigan-Ohio State game that he attended this year was the single greatest sporting event that he ever had attended in his life. Now, he's Who my, is this? One of my college buddies. His name is Michael oh, okay. Schiff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He calls me and tells me he's the single greatest sporting event of his life. My point is, I don't believe that that idea is exclusive to him. I believe the people who were in attendance that day 100%. at the big house yeah. all felt that way. And so they will always think of you and your teammates for all the joy and happiness that you brought them. I texted your head coach. I texted 
your defense score. I said the exact same thing to them in the text. I'm like, do you realize how happy, how much happiness you've brought to so many people? And that's what I think you will learn over time. You may get sick of it over time. Right, right. Hey, but I don't think I'll ever get sick of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> that Ohio State game was so legendary and something that we worked for. I mean, I mean, from a culture standpoint, you know, just trying to get our mindset, you know, over them. I mean, we worked for um, a good year on that at least. So, yeah. You know, I came to visit the football team the Friday before you played Rutgers. Now, you were stretching about to go into practice field. You looked very intense and busy, and I don't want to go over and introduce you, introduce myself at that point in time. But when I was there that day, my takeaway from that day was, wow, they're going to beat Ohio State this year because everybody was talking about it that day. You're getting ready to play Rutgers. And like, this is our year for Ohio State. This <laughs> I told my That's son, awesome. I, I told I, I told everyone, Ohio State, really? they're going to get them. They're going to get them this year. What, what will you always remember about that day that means that much to so many people? Um, it was really just the culmination of, of all these guys on our team. And, and, and they all bought in to the message, you know, that we had. Um, the consistent message that we had of just, um, you know, what are you going to do to beat Ohio State today? And, you know, we, we, we had that message there from January and we just worked with it. So every workout we had that. Um, and many guys use it as motivation, you know, to get through. That's something I did when I was on the sixth rep of, uh, you know, 150s. I, I was thinking, hey, could be the fourth quarter and um, they could be driving on the field. I can't give up now. It's, it's, uh, it's too early. And so that's something that I use as motivation. And so just being able to go out there and really dominate them. Um, it, it was, it, it just meant the world to me. It meant the world to Michigan fans and, and, you know, to have them all rush the field and everything. And my family was right behind me, man, it was so great. And it was a moment that I wouldn't trade for, for anything. I saw you call Taylor Lewan after the game. I'm disappointed to call me. I used my number at the time. So <laughs> was there any former player, former Michigan player that reached out to you that congratulated you, where it meant something to you, that you were blown away that a guy reached out to you? Um, not really, to be honest with you. Not, not that I can think of. Um, yeah, obviously I talked to Taylor a little bit. Not, not a whole lot, but he's always supporting the boys. Never heard uh, from Desmond Howard or Charles Woodson or Tom Brady or anybody I like that? I didn't hear from any of them, sadly. Wow. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not that cool. So <laughs> no, you, no, you are. You are that cool. That's, I'm, I'm surprised. I would have thought that somebody would have thanked you in the way that many of us have thanked people within the football program. Yeah, well, you know, I guess, I guess not. Well, you know what? You know what that means? It just means that there's more work to do. That's right. Maybe if we win the Natty, maybe I'll get a text. <laughs> there you go. How do you juggle getting ready for Georgia in the semifinal game with taking finals at school and going to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony and going to Los Angeles for other awards? Like, how do you do all this right now? Yeah, you know, it's it's life's pretty crazy right now. And, um, you know, this whole week is kind of slotted for the award week. And, you know, Coach Harbaugh gave us a week off of football, um, you know, finals, you know, trying to work with finals right now, uh, try, trying to get some extensions. So, so some professors got to work with me here. And then um, next week I can finally kind of turn the script, um, you know, on all these awards and really just focus on Georgia. And, um, you know, I think we start game planning on Monday. We, we get back to practice then. So, 
Um, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be locked in once we once I get back to Schembechler Hall, and um, I can't wait to, to see what we got cooking for uh, for Georgia. I mean, it's such an incredible time in your life with so much going on. It's a period that I think you'll always remember, and I hope you are able to take a moment to appreciate everything that's happening right now for you because yeah. it is so much. And I can only imagine how overwhelming it must be. I don't know how you get through the finals next week. Like when I was in school, I didn't have to go to LA or New York right. to get ready yeah. for a semifinal game. And finals were hard enough at that point in time. So congratulations and much respect to you for being able to do that. Yeah, thanks so much, Adam. Appreciate that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza better because it has to be looking ahead to the future who are the past rushers you study is there anybody in the nfl you look at and you say i'd like to take this guy's moves i like to do what this guy does anybody you look at as a professional sort of role model yeah i uh i love watching nfl films to be honest with you i think just because the game was a little bit different too um you know in terms of college football and um i think you know I want to get ready to, you know, adjust to that game and see what these guys are doing. So uh, I really like watching guys like uh, TJ, uh, Joey, and Nick Bosa. Uh, I watched a little JJ back back in his prime because um, he was so elite. Um, those are really some of the guys that I watch. I can think of off the top of my head. Those Bosa boys went high in the draft. Nick went two. I think Joey right. went three or four. Yeah. What would it mean? to you to go that high, which is the neighborhood that you are now being talked about in? It, it means the world. Um, you know, it's something that uh, I've been thinking about for a long time, something that about last year, um, you know, I, I knew my, my my ability was was that, was that level, was that area of the draft. But, you know, they were only slotting me later in the first and so, somewhere in the second. And I, I kind of heard that draft report last year when I was a junior, I knew, I knew if I, if I came back and I just played like I want to play and, and how I'm able to, you know, I can, I can show that, that, you know, I am worth, you know, a top five pick. So, 
Um, I, I did that this year, I think, and still got more to come. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited that I uh, put myself in this position. How would you feel if you wound up playing for the hometown Detroit Lions? I think it'd be uh, it'd be great to be honest with you. I'd be I'd be the hometown hero times two. You know, uh, never leaving Michigan really. And uh, I, I really I think Dan Campbell. I think he he seems like a real good guy to me, just from the outside. I know you can't really uh, can't really judge a coach by you know what he does in media, but you know just seeing you know what he does and and um, how he treats his players and how his you know, they won that game last week and how his players were all, I mean, they're all, I think that they got a lot of heart on that team and, uh, you know, just a couple more pieces to the puzzle. And I think they can be a really good ball team. Let me give you an alternative to that. Back when I covered the Denver Broncos for about 15 plus years, they never would take players from Colorado because they always felt like that there was enough pressure on you in the NFL that you didn't need to introduce the idea of having that pressure while playing in your home state, home area, home area, home region. So maybe it would be unbelievable to wind up with the Detroit Lions, but maybe you're playing for the Houston Texans or the New York Jets or the Philadelphia Eagles or another team like that. Have you given much thought to where you could wind up outside of Detroit? Yeah, yeah, I thought about it. I'm in Houston right now at this at this Lombardi oh. Trophy Award. So, and I got my family here from Houston because my dad's from here. So, um, if if I end up on the Texans, then I mean, I got I got a lot of connections here, so it would be cool. Um, but I was just talking to my parents last night about it. It's just it's kind of nice because I have no control of. So, you know, wherever I want to go, it does not matter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's the kind of nice thing that I was thinking about yesterday. And when you're out there on the field playing like the maniac that you do, high energy, high intensity all the time, where does that drive come from? I'd say, um, you know, it comes from my dad personally, just because all I remember from the days back when I started playing tackle football in seventh grade, um, you know, he always he always just wanted me to to give it my all on every single play. And, um, you know, I'd hear it from him. If, if I didn't, and, I, and if he was seeing that on the field, and if it was very uh, visual, and, um, you know, I really didn't have too many issues with, with it, but, you know, as I as I started playing football in my early days of high school, my dad would just tell me, because I was playing, you know, offense, defense, long snapping, I was doing about everything, so, um, you know, he was, uh, he always had, had, had drilled that in me, and drilled that in my head, so, uh, I think I have, have that to thank for, for always being nonstop on the go. Well, it's helped you and served you very well. And think about this now. You get 60 minutes to another unbelievable memory for Michigan fans, for yourself, for your teammates. Yep. 120 to a forever spot, which you probably already have. But I mean a really unique, rarefied air kind of spot. Yep. You are so close history so everybody out there from michigan will be watching you pulling for you just want you and your guys to know how close you are to basically football immortality that's in right Arbor, right that's yeah. the way to think of it uh, yeah if, if we if we get it all done i mean um uh, we, we already hung one banner this year with that big 10 championship so i mean being able, being able to hang another i mean that'd be a uh, iconic and, mm-hmm. and legendary season that i would love to be a part of Congratulations on everything that's happened. I'm sorry 
I didn't see you moving into the dorm freshman year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't see you at the NFL draft this year. Yeah. But I'm sure that our paths will cross at some point here. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they will. That was great to have Aiden Hutchinson join us. And my producer, Christina Buswell, and I thought of this. We were talking about, well, who do we want to get at the end of the year? Like last year, we had Trevor Lawrence on. And we thought it would be interesting to hear his mindset his ideas about playing in the NFL, playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, what it was like to have to hear everything that he did about the world of football while he was trying to complete his last year at Clemson. And so this year we decided, let's go for Aiden Hutchinson. And that was my pleasure and honor as a University of Michigan graduate, never having spoken to him. And he was kind enough to give us that time and really enjoyed that. And one of the men he talked about was Nick Bosa. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So why not go to Nick Bosa as well, get him on, and make this the Defensive End Podcast episode? It's exactly what we did. Reached out to San Francisco, got the man that, in my mind, this year will win, should win, has to win, the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award, the former number two overall pick of the 2019 draft from the Ohio State University 49ers defensive end, Nick Bosa. What up, Shefty? How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I love that you call me Shefty because I don't think we've ever spoken before. Um, no, I've just heard you over the phone. But I, I got a great story for you. What's that? That I don't even know that you're going to be aware of. So I'm on the phone with the 49ers back in 2018. It would have been October of 2018. And they're telling me how much they love Nick Bosa from Ohio State and how much they would love to get him, but it'll never happen because at that time they're playing pretty good football. They're not losing the way that they did later in the year. And Nick Bosa is going to be number one and they're not going to have the number one pick. So Nick Bosa, as much as we love him, he's a pipe dream. Well, lo and behold, they go on and lose some games. And not only do they lose games, but Arizona finishes with the number one pick and hires a college coach named Cliff Kingsbury, who's enamored with Kyler Murray, who they decide to take with the first overall pick, leaving one Nick Bosa to the 49ers at number two, which was a scenario that they were dreaming about and talking about privately, Nick, for months. It all worked out. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of that when you hear that story unfold? Like, you don't even know you're, playing football in Columbus, Ohio. You have no idea that these conversations about your future are taking place. What goes through your mind when you hear a story like that? Uh, it's, it's a little weird. Um, I've definitely heard 
heard a lot of them um, since since that time, but uh, I think honestly it worked out perfect for me and Kyler uh, with both our schemes and scenarios. So I'm happy it worked out. So I'm not the only one that shared a story with you like that. You mentioned you've heard other ones. What's the craziest one you've heard? Uh, Sala actually told me he was telling people he was picking me from years before. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, he he got his wish. Now, also, I wanted to bring you on here today because I wanted to unofficially present you, anoint you, however you want to categorize it, with the comeback player of the year. Now, Dak Prescott is in the conversation, and he's had an excellent year, but he hasn't had 14 sacks and 18 total tackles for loss and set the single sack and set the single season Bosa family sack record for a brother in one year with 14 sacks, the way you have beating Joey's mark of 13. What would the comeback player of the year award mean to you, Nick? It would really mean a lot. I mean, uh, just thinking where I was just a year ago and, uh, I mean, it was always a dream. Everybody was saying, defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, you're getting it. And, like, it sounds good and it's cool, but um, <clears throat> you put in all the work for a reason, and uh, my body responded well, and um, I actually think I came back better than I was, and I've, I've improved, I've improved uh, different things about my preparation that I didn't take as seriously before. Um, so I think as awful as it was, it, it, it propelled me to an even, to be an even better player. How does it make you better? Like you talked about your preparation and being in a better place. How is that? Um, just, it gave me a year to just watch and, uh, um, study the game and, and I changed how I, uh, how I eat. Um, that was a big one. Hmm. Um, my diet changed pretty big i got a chef down in florida while i was rehabbing and um and she was amazing and um super healthy and uh and all that stuff and i really think that that's helped me a lot how did you change your diet what you start eating what you eliminate i'm curious here because i might start doing some of the things i want 14 sacks in the season too <laughs> um i i mean I just cut out a lot of the the bad carbs and uh, just ate a ton of fresh vegetables and <laughs> she would she would juice. She had a food processor and she would bring in like you would just I would walk into my kitchen and it'd be a forest of greens and then it all end up in these jugs of green juice that I'd just be pounded throughout the week and then just really good fish and and chicken and steak and just really good stuff yeah do you miss eating anything cheating with anything pizza chocolate something nick (laughs) yeah i mean i uh i cheat i cheated on the plane ride back from cincy um i had a carrot cake donut (laughs) 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 um because my the flight attendant um Knows I love carrot cake, so she always tries to give me a treat. But she knows I'll only eat it if if we win and I play well. So, um, but yeah, I I cheat every once in a while, not not very often though. Well, when you program your body 
to eat all those greens and drink all those juices and you're handed a carrot cake donut, do you still enjoy it as much or does it almost feel like this is toxic and poisonous? I don't want to eat this anymore. It does. But um, when when you've been on the routine for so long, it really doesn't phase you. So eating one carrot cake donut is all good. <laughs> now, are you okay with me giving you the comeback player of the year? So you're good with all that, right? Like no issues. We're good with that. I wish you actually were the one who <laughs> gave it out, but I'll take it from you. Well, you I'd like to, I'd like to tell anybody who's listening here that there's no other candidate worthy of this award. Like you should be putting this, this award in your back pocket and walking away. And there shouldn't even be a question about this thing. This is, to me, there's a layup. I got four more games, so we'll see. Four more games. Now, have you given your brother, Joey, any guff about the fact that you beat his single-season sack record? Does that mean anything to you? Um, Not quite yet. Uh, maybe in the offseason I'll, I'll mention it, but <laughs> I think he's just really supportive about me uh, making a push this year for um, these awards. You know, you said something about – changing your diet and eating the greens and the juice. I wish more players would think like that because if they could recognize all that's at stake for them. And what I mean by that is this, your body is your engine, right? The better you take care of your engine, the longer that engine is going to work and the better it's going to work. And so if you're taking incredible care of it, you're going to, in all probability, enhance your production, your performance, your longevity. You know how much more money you're going to make? And with the TV and gambling money coming into the league, to me, that is the greatest thing that you could do, do things like that. Because now you become more of a force. You come back. You have all the sacks you do this season. You're playing at the level you are. I know you're not thinking like this. I am for a moment. You're going to kill it, Nick. Like, I, I want to be your agent. I want to do that deal. The money involved is going to be off the charts. It's going to be crazy. You're going to be setting up the children of your children's children for the rest of their lives by taking care of yourself. Not that you wouldn't have done well, but there are certain players in the league that I know that all they like to do is eat junk food, fast food. And I think to myself, what are you doing that for? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard to to comprehend when you're in our position that uh, the decisions you make in the next five years, two years even, um, are going to uh, completely impact the rest of your life. And and it seems like you want to go have fun and you want to go party and, and all your buddies are doing it from college and high school and you see them on social media all just going out on Christmas and doing this and that and you're just sitting in a hotel room in Cincinnati waiting to play the Bengals. But I wouldn't take it any other way uh, to be in the position I'm in. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities down the road for uh, me to have my fun. So. Yeah, Nick, I, I don't want to shut out your outside world and limit your social influences. But if I were you and I had all at stake that you do, I would basically go from my house with my chef and my greens and fresh pressed juices to, to the facility, facility. Yeah. back and forth. Now, if you want to have a girlfriend in there, that's fine too. I'm, I'm yeah. going to grant you clearance for that. That's that's good too. But why would you do anything? Like, why would you take any risk? Why would you do anything else? Five years. Give me five years and I'll give you the next 60 set up in a way that you will be set for life, living whatever you want, however you want. Like, think about that. Yeah, no doubt. 
right? I mean, it's crazy. Now, you mentioned where you've been in one year and where you were a year ago. Take me back to when you hurt your knee, first of all. What does it feel like for somebody who's never done it to tear your ACL? It doesn't feel good. Um, it was definitely, it happened so fast and, uh, obviously you're not expecting it. And, um, and then just the realization of, uh, all that is going to have to happen to get, get healthy. And, um, yeah, so it, it comes out of nowhere and it's a lot of emotion hitting you. All at once when you're laying there on the turf at MetLife Stadium in week two of 2020, all that goes through your mind as you're laying on the ground? Yeah, it's it's a lot. And uh, I definitely don't wish it on anybody. Uh, but it happens in the game. So, Is it physically painful as much as it's mentally painful there? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's... <laughs> it's definitely it's not as excruciating as maybe you think but um the the surgery and all that is you have your your week or two of excruciating what was the lowest moment that you experienced during the course of you tearing your acl and rehabbing it nick um definitely one one of the times where i was just um just at home um, at Joey's house in LA after maybe uh, it could have been at the Greenbrier because we freaking had to go to the Greenbrier um, and sitting in that bed alone. My mom wasn't there yet. And yeah. So you had to go to the Greenbrier from MetLife Stadium because you were playing back-to-back weeks at MetLife Stadium. You were playing right. the Jets and then the Giants, right? So you go tearing your you tear your ACL. You have to go to the Greenbrier with your team. And you're in the hotel room, basically by yourself, with torn ACL, knowing you can't play, and you're stuck in West Virginia. Yeah, it was not ideal circumstances, but it does make you uh, appreciate once it's over with uh, just being being able to walk around and and go to every practice and every walkthrough and every lift that you can. So now earlier we spoke to Aiden Hutchinson and he's going to be in a position very similar to the one that you were in 2019, where he's going to be a top pick, maybe the number one overall pick possibly. He said he studies you and Joey quite a bit. Have you seen him play at all? And what you think of his performance and play Nick? Yeah, I have. Um, I haven't watched a ton, but he definitely, I could definitely see how uh, <clears throat> that he watches me and and uh, some of the the movements he does are are very similar. Really, you um, could see that in watching him. You could see something that you do. Oh yeah, for sure. Like what? Just, uh, I mean, just a sequence of of steps and and hands and hips and all that stuff. Uh, Wow. You could definitely tell for sure. What advice would you give him now for the experience that he's about to go through here in the coming weeks and months? You know what that's like going to the combine, going to meet with teams, waiting for the draft, what a ordeal that whole thing is. What would you tell him about this whole thing? Just try to eliminate as much of 
the extra stuff you can um try and stay in shape and that should be your number one focus you shouldn't be um i know the heisman was fun but i think staying wherever you're located and and getting your body right and and uh taking your diet to the next level and and just preparing your body for the combine and all that um because you're going to be traveling a lot and it's going to be hard to hard to keep up with your normal routine Mm -hmm. um so yeah just keep it keeping everything in check and and uh focusing on what's important now nick i'm pounding the table for you to win comeback player of the year again i'm ready to declare you the winner without the vote already coming in but i'm going to pound the table on that i have one slight favor to ask of you when you're getting ready for the atlanta falcons this week in my first round of my fancy playoffs i'm going up against Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Can you do me a favor and make sure that you take Cordero out of the game this week? Um, well, if he's at running back, <laughs> I'll be able to help you on that. If he's at receiver, I guess I could get sacks so that I could I could help both ways. And how about on Kyle Pitts when he's you know coming up at the line? You ever, I don't know if you'd be opposite him, you know, just kind of give him a shot, knock him to the ground, make sure he doesn't get into his pattern or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how much blocking he does, but um I'll, I'll try my best with you in mind that's all i can ask nick that's all i can ask really in the end hey i want to thank you very much for the time today it's a pleasure to speak with you congratulations on overcoming all that you have over the last year continue the great work and keep that focus man because that is going to set you up for a long long time no doubt thanks shifty <laughs> you're the man nick i appreciate that enjoyed talking to you talk to you later buddy And a special thanks to the former number two overall pick, who in one way or another seems destined to have wound up in San Francisco the way that he did. Nick Bosa enjoyed talking with him and listening to all that he's overcome. And I've told this story before, but as he was saying it, it reminded me, I remember being in Indianapolis at the Combine one year and talking with his former college teammate, Eli Apple, and telling him the exact same thing that I was talking to Nick about, which is that. If you just sacrifice yourself for X number of years, you can set up yourself for the rest of your life. Why would you not do that? And I think Nick Bosa was already on that way ahead of the curve. And kudos to him for doing that because his next contract is going to be a record setting contract. I'm sure the 49ers don't like to hear it, but I'm sure they know the truth. And he's going to reset the market at that position, I do believe. And I did ask him for a little help in this week's game because it is the start of the fantasy football playoffs this week. And if there's one thing that gets my juices going, it's fantasy football in the playoffs. And I'm in the war room playoffs of the ESPN league. We have a 16 team league. I'm going up against my good friend, the producer, Greg Jewell. He's got Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts on his roster. So I do appreciate Nick Bosa looking out to take those guys out of the game in whatever way he could. I didn't think that was asking much being that I would figure that those are the two biggest Falcons weapons on offense and they would be looking to do that anyway. So it's not that big a deal. And in that game, it's a very interesting matchup because the Falcons are making a playoff push and the 49ers coming off that big win in Cincinnati are on their own playoff push. Remember Kyle Shanahan was the Falcons offensive coordinator for two seasons in 2015 and 16 before becoming the 49ers head coach, Matt Ryan's four and three against the 49ers in his careers, won two straight games versus the Niners dating back to 2016. And this will be Jimmy Garoppolo's second start against the Falcons. He was the Patriots backup 
quarterback during the comeback Super Bowl win over Atlanta and that Super Bowl that nobody could ever forget. We also this weekend will get the Packers and Ravens. Maybe Aaron Rodgers versus Lamar Jackson. Maybe not, depending on the injury status. Now, I have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers will be a go, despite the fact that he's got that painful pinky toe injury. The real question will be Lamar Jackson. We'll see how that transpires uh, during the week. But Aaron Rodgers, 10-2 and in his last 12 games against AFC teams with 31 touchdown passes and four interceptions in those games. The AFC can't like seeing Aaron Rodgers, and the Ravens can't like seeing Aaron Rodgers at a time where they're missing all their defensive backs, like Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They've just been decimated back there. Not a great matchup against Aaron Rodgers. We get the Saints and Buccaneers this weekend, and there's no team that plays the Buccaneers tougher than the New Orleans Saints. The Saints beat the Buccaneers 36-27 at home in Week 8, intercepting Tom Brady twice during the win. Brady is 0-3 in the regular season against the Saints since joining the Buccaneers. He did win in New Orleans in last season's divisional playoffs. We remember that. But he hasn't beaten the Saints in the regular season. Kind of a weird little vibe there. Not sure how that works, but Tom Brady has really given them some difficulties. The Rams coming off the big Monday night win play against Seattle. And the Rams beat the Seahawks 26-17 in Seattle in week five. And that was the game where Russell Wilson injured his finger on Aaron Donald's helmet. So he goes back up against the Rams. Russell Wilson's starting to get better physically to be in the spot that he wants to be. He's 8-12 and against the Rams in his career, including the playoffs. No team has beaten Russell Wilson more than the Rams have beaten him. So Brady gets the Saints, who he struggled with. Russell Wilson gets the Rams, who he has struggled with. And we get another great matchup this weekend with the Bengals and Broncos, two AFC teams vying for playoff spots. Keep in mind, the Bengals are four and one in their last five road games. And this is their first road game since a week 11 win at the Raiders. They played at home in weeks 12 through 14. Broncos seven and two against the Bengals over their past 15 seasons. I've covered some of those games. Cincinnati always has struggled against Denver for whatever reason. That actually is we get a tough physical matchup with the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers, the divisional matchup, Washington and Philadelphia and the Cowboys and Giants. Cowboys scored a season high 44 points in their win over the Giants at home in week five. But Dak Prescott struggling now. This would be figure to be a get right matchup for Dak Prescott this upcoming weekend. We'll see how that works out for him. I also mentioned the fantasy football playoffs starting this weekend. And I think there was a little message this past week in Arizona when on Monday, the Rams lost Tyler Higby and Jalen Ramsey to the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, if you were in a spot and you were in the playoffs and Tyler Higby was your only tight end on Monday and you lost him, you might not have a replacement. It'd be a tough spot to be in. And so that's a reminder, I think, to anybody playing in the fantasy football playoffs this weekend. If you have Minnesota Vikings, like I do, I have Justin Jefferson and Tyler Conklin at tight end, or you have some Chicago Bears like David Montgomery or Darnell Mooney, you need an insurance guy on Monday in case any of these guys get knocked out. Now, the chances of that happening are very slim, but if this is the playoffs, you want to and need to have a backup plan where the other positions don't lock. So this week, I will actually create a roster spot with a Bear or Viking from Monday on the slim, 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 unlikely, unimaginable chance 
that I lose one of my Vikings on Monday, and I want to have some flexibility to be able to replace him. And I think that's what we're dealing with in the times of COVID. When you're playing fantasy football, you've got to think outside the box a little bit and take some steps that you wouldn't ordinarily take. This is like buying insurance. You figure you will never need it. You probably won't have to use it, and you don't ever want to have to use it. But you need to have fantasy football insurance going into the playoffs on a Monday night. If you have a guy in that game, keep that in mind going forward. That's my little message to you today. All right, before I let you go, please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey, with can't-miss conversations, and welcoming top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we are so excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content Monday to Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there'll be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Agumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today, 3 Eastern, New Pacific, on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting together this podcast. I want to thank this week's guests, Aiden Hutchinson, Nick Bosa, a defensive end that went number two in the draft, and another defensive end that will go probably in the top two picks this upcoming April. Outstanding young men. Enjoy talking to them. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll be joined by Brian Kelly and Matt Selman from The Simpsons, the men that create and put on that episode. They have me in an upcoming Simpsons episode, and we will talk about the interaction that The Simpsons have had in the sports world, as well as the Dallas Morning News Cowboys beat writer, Michael Gelkin, who does an unbelievable thing every year that I love and admire, where he takes the favorite charity of the top fantasy football players and puts it out there for people to make the notion donations to in the event that they win some sort of fantasy prize. So in other words, he will tell you who Jonathan Taylor's favorite charity is. He will tell you who Justin Herbert's favorite charity is. And anybody that wins anything in fantasy can support the players who have supported them try to win a fantasy title. I love that idea. Honestly, disappointed I didn't come up with it on my own, but Michael Gelkin will join us on next week's podcast to talk about it. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.